What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 82 of The Brendan Burns Show. Today's episode is entitled, How to Use Your Cell Phone Less. And I'm so excited to be doing this episode because I have been getting numerous questions from you guys, from clients, from prospective clients on my email list about how can I use my cell phone less or I'm not meditating, I'm not exercising, I have no energy. I had someone come to me and say, Brendan, all day long I can't stay awake and then the minute I get into bed at night I can't fall asleep. And obviously there can be a number of different things triggering that and creating that cycle. But one of the most impactful reasons why you're tired, you're low energy, you're not present, you're disconnected, you don't have fulfilling friendships with others, you're not creating an extraordinary life, believe it or not, it comes back to your cell phone, it comes back to social media, and it's not just social media, it's how the cell phone, the modern cell phone has evolved and how relationships are now driven by low quality, shallow text messaging, um, sending gifts and sending pictures rather than hanging out with someone in real life. And I'll get into it in more detail, but today's episode is for anyone who's interested in understanding the harmful effects of excessive cell phone usage or social media usage has on you and your brain, and some practical strategies so that you can implement today and start using your cell phone a lot less. And before we get into it, I'll share, share one quick anecdote, which is I taught a, I led a retreat in Costa Rica uh, last year. And there was a person on the trip who came to me and said, I think I actually meant, said one to them because they were on their phone for a good portion of the retreat. We're in Costa Rica. People are at the pool. I'm teaching lessons and seminars. And throughout, I saw this person on their phone a lot. And so I went up to them and I said, hey, I'm just curious, have you ever tracked your phone usage? And they said, no, I didn't even know you could do that. And so I, we did a little simple math equation. We took 24 hours in a day minus eight hours of sleep. And so that leaves you with, if you're sleeping eight hours a day, you're awake for 16 hours of that day. And so I said, let's pull up your cell phone usage by day. It's in the, in the iPhone, you go to settings and then there's something called screen time or usage, it's right there. And this person's average amount of time per day was about seven hours. And so I said, what is seven divided by 16? That equation will tell us what percentage of your waking days you are on your phone, you're using your cell phone. And seven divided by 16 is 43.75%. So 
almost 44% of the time, almost half of this person's day, every other second or every other hour, however you want to break it down, this person was using their cell phone. And I asked them, I said, I'm just curious, what, what do you think drives this? Why do you think you're using your phone so much? And one of the things that they said was, well, I like Instagram and I, I just can't miss anyone's posts. So I, I try to load Instagram up every couple of minutes because I wanna see every post that comes through. And I said, okay, that's an interesting strategy. How is this working for you? And obviously we broke down all the issues and the dynamics and the medication the person might've been taking and all these different things that was the harms of all this usage. And so what I wanna to do today is hopefully use that anecdote to help you understand how consuming and deleterious the cell phone and social media usage can be. Um, and, and we'll go through some strategies. One other thing I, I wanna share before we get into it is I personally, I'm recording this in October of 2020, and I wanna share that in the beginning of this year, so about 10 and a half months ago, I handed over the login and the passwords, the login information for my Facebook profile, my Facebook account, and my Instagram account. And I obviously, I have a business and a coaching practice and a personal brand, so I did not make the decision to shut everything down or pause everything. I made the decision to keep it going, which is why you'll see posts from me on Instagram and Facebook and so on and so forth, but you won't see stories. The best way to get in touch with me and my team is through my website. I'm not DMing, and, and so I personally made the decision almost one year ago to get off of social media, and I cannot rave enough about how positive it's been. And the funny thing is, I was scared initially because of this fear that, oh, if I get off social media, I'll be disconnected from my friends, I won't see what they're doing, I won't have connection, I won't get the evites on Facebook to parties, and it couldn't have been the more, more opposite, because by getting off social, I trained myself to get in person and get on the phone and get connected to people in much more deep ways. And what I did was once every month, maybe a little bit more frequently in the beginning, I had someone from my team screenshot my DM inbox. And I then said, oh, okay, this guy, John reached out to me. Let me call him. And I said, hey, John, I, I saw you messaged me on Facebook. I just wanna let you know that I'm not using it right now. The best way to get in touch with me is to just call me or text me or let's get in person, something like that. And in retrospect, in hindsight, as I kind of talk this through, it would have been helpful for me, not on Instagram necessarily, because I use that much more for my business, but on Facebook, I was really using it as a networking tool and met people messaging me, including friends. It would have been helpful for me to throw up a post or two just saying, hey, I'm getting off Facebook, so just if you want to get in touch with me, here's how. So that's something that you might want to take with you if you want to go on this path with me. But I have now built so much more. I have more friends and more, not just the number of friends, but the depth of connected, healthy, deeper friendships now than I have in probably a decade when I was in college or high school when it was a lot easier to be connected and social media did not yet exist. And so we were kind of forced to go connect with other people in real life. And it's just, so if you're worried at all that this process will hinder your connection with other people, I'm living proof that it actually makes you more connected. So how can you get started on this journey? 
the first thing that you need to decide is, is it something that you even want to change? I feel very confident and feel very strongly that it is something worth that every person should examine. But you might be the type of person that uses your cell phone. You might pull up your screen time and it's FaceTime videos with friends. It's uh, writing down journal, like journaling in your notepad. It's listening to a meditation app, right? So it might not be a problem for you. So that's the first step in this journey for you is figure out if it's a problem. And the best way to do that is to measure it. And I don't know how Androids work or other phones, but if you have an iPhone, and again, I don't know what iOS system you guys have. I have an iPhone 10, and when I open my settings app, about eight buttons down, eight lines down, it says screen time. And so when you open the screen time, it shows you your daily average. And so it'll show you kind of on a daily basis how much time you've been using your phone. You can then, you can, there, the iPhone actually has a lot of options here. You can set app limits. So you can set a time limit for an app. You can set communication limits. You can say, uh, you can set a downtime. You can set restrictions. Um, so there are a lot of options here. And then what I like to do is click see all activity. And what you can do is you can see on, a, on today how much time I've used the app. I can see on the week how long I've used it day to day. And I can see the breakdown by which apps I'm using the most. There's a lot of good data here. I can see uh, how many times I've picked up my phone today. I remember that person I was alluding to earlier, something like 100 or 120 pickups per day. It was a lot. That just means how many times per day you open your phone. And uh, the thing that I find to be most helpful is the most used apps. And so I can see right now what I'm using the most. It's my messages, it's my notes, it's my mail, it's the phone, it's the Zoom. So interesting to note, I, I still am using the iMessages app more than I, I would like to be. So the first step, and just as a side note to that, there's a lot of, there are a lot of good tools and things that you can be doing in the iPhone settings to set restrictions and dig into the data a little bit. But I, if I were you, I would just look at that number, how many hours per day, and then specifically what apps are you using. Uh, obviously, I don't have social media apps, but what I would be really curious for you is, okay, how many hours per day? And then what percentage of that is social media? So let's say you're doing two hours per day or two and a half hours per day, and your number one is Zoom for work or WhatsApp for FaceTimes with friends. That would be a very different two hours than if you have two hours where an hour and 10 minutes of that, so 70 of the 120 minutes, say almost 60% of your time is you're using social media. So look at the number, how many hours per day you're using the phone, and then look at the breakdown by category. So what percentage of your day are you on the phone? And then what percentage of your phone time are you on things that might not be the best thing for your brain, Facebook, Instagram, meaningless news, these types of things. So the first step for you to take is to understand and assess whether or not it, whether or not it is a problem and start to measure it. The next step, like I mentioned, is to ask yourself, which apps am I using the most? Once you have that 
information. You can start to think about goals and rules that you want to implement for your phone usage. For example, if you're not ready to say goodbye to social media, you can take it off your phone. I have advised clients on how to limit social media usage simply by setting a rule that I am still allowed to use Facebook and Instagram. However, I'm only allowed to use it on my computer. And for those who are scared, when I went through this process myself, I weaned myself off social media by doing this very thing. I, and I, I wanna say that you can use the Instagram DM feature from desktop. So everything that you wanna do on Instagram and Facebook, you can do on the desktop. As far as I know, I haven't been on the desktop version either for a while, but as far as I know, that's still a possibility. And so one thing that you can do is you can delete the app off your phone, but preserve the account and use it on desktop. And this in and of itself can save you significant time. Now, if you're using that, if you just delete it off your phone and then you go on to the desktop and then you're on desktop two hours a day and it's not showing up in your iPhone usage, you don't want to trick yourself. You don't want to sort of cheat. You want to be aware of what's your desktop usage as well. But that, but that's something that you want to, that's an option for you to consider. Um, I will also go a little bit deeper for a minute and then get us back onto sort of the practical track here. But I will say this, I've done a lot of coaching. I've helped people get out of drug addictions, alcoholism. I've helped a lot of people quit smoking. And so, you know, there's a funny story that I've told before on my podcast about this center out in California that guaranteed you would quit smoking in 30 days or your money back. And it had a 90% success rate because they would hook you up to a, uh, a machine, like a shot electric voltage, high voltage machine. And every time you smoked a cigarette, they'd shock you. And so it trained your brain to never smoke another cigarette. But when they followed up with the people five years and 10 years later, these people were all 100 pounds overweight or drinking alcohol excessively or using some other type of drug. So the, the other thing that I wanna say to kind of preface this whole discussion and conversation is that our brains crave dopamine hits. And so the phone in and of itself and the social media apps and the different apps we have on our phone also give us dopamine hits. So if, if you're at a in a position where you're doing the phone, um, you know, four or five hours a day, you're doing social media one, two hours a day on the phone, you're grabbing your phone when you're depressed, you're grabbing your phone when you're anxious. For me to sit here and say, delete the app, cut your time down, that's not gonna be enough. And you're gonna need to create a replacement system for the void that you're going to be creating by getting off of these platforms. If you're going to even take small steps towards using your phone and these apps less, you also have to have a plan for what is going to both fill that time and what's going to help meet your needs in healthier ways. Because when I first did all this, I remember by four or five o'clock at night, every night I was done with work for the day, I was done with my phone for the day, and I didn't know what to do with myself. And a lot of boredom came on and then some feelings of anxiety came on because I had this sort of big hole that I was filling with social media and my cell phone. So 
I just wanted to take us a little deeper to help you think about what can you be doing instead? For example, can you go to the gym once a day instead? Can you meet up with friends instead? Can you pick up a new hobby instead? But think about this is a two-step process. Step one is getting off of the phone and off of these apps. And step two is you have to find new things that you can do both to fill your time slots, but also help you get those good positive feelings inside your body in other ways. Because if you're doing seven hours a day on the phone, two hours, three hours on social, and we just rip that off and just yank that out of your hand, that's like an alcoholic who's had two pints of uh, hard liquor a day for the last 20 years. You get, you just take, help them go cold turkey. They're going to go to drugs. They're going to get deeply depressed, right? So you kind of want to wean yourself off and you want to think about what can you be filling those gaps with instead. So I wanted to say that because it's not sustainable if you're reliant on these tools to just quit cold turkey. In some ways it did work for me and I did just give the passwords away, but I also proactively joined some sports leagues. I belong to a competitive tennis league that I play in. I'm hanging out with people a lot more in person. I'm building my business, I'm connecting with friends. So I have a lot of things that I'm doing instead. And so I want you to consider that as well. Um, let's talk about real relationships for social media friends for a minute here, because I think this is interesting. When I first got off of social or I considered it, getting off the phone more and getting off social media more, one thing that I wanted to do is I said, I wanna turn my phone off after uh, 9 p.m. every night or until 10 a.m. every morning. And again, as I went through this whole process, I continued to be fearful of the fact that I'm going to be more disconnected and more isolated by getting off of social media and turning, getting off my phone, keeping my phone off. I said, how am I going to have deep, meaningful friendship and connection with other people, especially during COVID, if I can't even have my phone on and I'm off social media? And again, it comes back to this notion of real friendships and real relationships versus social media and the phone. And so one statistic that I love is that in the 1980s, I believe, something like 80 plus percent of people had at least one close friend and the average person had somewhere between four and six close friends. And now over 20% of people have zero close friends and one in uh, and the average person has I think two close friends I'm not I don't have those statistics in front of me but but it's something along those lines where the average person in the 80s had four to six the average person now has two to three and something like 20 to 30 percent have no close friends which is ironic because everyone now has a million Facebook friends and Instagram friends, but what about the real friends? And so what I want you to consider is, I had a guy come to me, he said, hey, Brendan, uh, I am using my phone when I'm at home and I should be playing with my children. And so that's a classic example of if you got off your phone, you could spend time with your own child or with your wife or with your friends or with your roommates. So again, I want you to consider this notion of what are real friendships like versus social media friends. Here's another thing that I like, holding office hours. I got this idea 
from a guy named Cal Newport. Cal Newport wrote a book called Deep Work, which helps with productivity and getting work done more effectively. And then he wrote another book. He's written a number of books, but then he wrote another book called Digital Minimalism. And it was very encouraging as I read his book this year because I had already started to organically do a lot of the things in my life that he was suggesting we do in his book. And one of the things that he recommends is called holding office hours. When I was in college, there was, I went to Cornell in upstate New York and some of my classes had 600 people in them in a big auditorium. And if I had a question, it was almost impossible to get the question answered. So the teacher, the professor, and then his whole string of TAs, teacher assistants, maybe 10 of them, mostly seniors or PhD students, would hold office hours where you could walk in and you knew that every Monday and Wednesday from 2 to 4 p.m. they would be there for office hours and you could go in and you could come with a list of questions and you would get everything answered. And you knew they would be there. It was a reliable, consistent opportunity to connect with that person and get their support. And what Newport says, which I love and what I personally do, is he says, hold office hours with your friends. Pick a time, maybe it's every night or a couple days a week. I'm gonna pull up my calendar here because I do this from like seven to nine p.m. Maybe 6.30 to 8.30, somewhere in that time range each night. Those are my office hours. And as I've mentioned, I will turn my phone off at say 10 p.m. I won't open it till nine or 10 a.m. And so my friends know that if they call me at 11 or if they call me at 7 a.m., it will go straight to my voicemail. And in the beginning, in retrospect, I could have been more proactive about setting more intentional rules and alerting my friends of this, like I alluded to earlier. Let people know on Facebook what you're doing before you drop off the face of the earth. But I've now trained my friends and family and people in my life to know if you want to connect with me during the week on the phone, this is when I'm available. And so I will proactively make phone calls and connect with people on Zooms and FaceTimes and WhatsApp video calls at those times. And what I'm doing is I'm holding these office hours. And you know something we haven't talked a lot about in this episode that's critical is texting and how I've made a transition from texting to calling as well, another huge transition that I've made this year. And it's the same thing. Like you probably either do this or have friends who sort of text you throughout the day. And so you're constantly being pulled away from work or from the opportunity to meditate or go for a walk or have a nice meal because your phone is consistently getting blown up with these text messages. And so the other re thing I like about doing office hours is you can train your friends to say, look, you can text me, that's fine. But instead of expecting me to text you back, I'm going to call you this evening. And instead of wasting an hour back and forth on text throughout the day without having really any substance or depth to what we're doing, let's get on a call and we don't have to waste our time texting and we can go a bit deeper. And I don't, I'm not knocking the text. Text can be great if you're on a call with somebody and you'll say, hey, I'll call you back. Or if your partner's at the grocery store and you want them to pick something up. So 
I'm not knocking texting. I'm knocking texting as a primary form of creating a human connection with another person. So office hours, calling versus texting, phone rules, powering your phone off at certain times in the evening, keeping it off until certain times in the morning. And the last thing I want to say, a couple quick last things. Number one, I want you to practice alone time without the phone and without social. And one of the easiest and most effective ways to do this is by going for long walks or exercising, going to the gym, going for a jog without the phone. Get a separate little MP3 player and for music or just try to do it without anything. I have fallen in love with going for long walks and hikes with my dog and I leave my phone back in my apartment or even power it off. Because I see people on the street, they're walking through nature, holding their phone, scrolling through a social media feed. It's, it's really, that's not good for your brain. And so practice the solitude. And I'm gonna read you one of my favorite quotes, which is from Blaise Pascal. All of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And essentially what he's saying is because we we're scared to just sort of be present and be physically in our bodies. We're so anxious and afraid and we're on a deep level. This is all spurred by typically fear and discomfort being present. If we could just sit still and feel our feelings, we'd probably be fine. But what happens is I'm afraid about rent. I'm afraid about this relationship. I'm, I'm worried about this problem at work. I'm angry at this person. I'm sad or I'm guilty or I feel ashamed about myself. And so I don't want to sit with that. So let me grab the phone the same way I would grab a ice cream or fried chicken or a cocktail. And so rather than fear that being in that deep existence, choose something deeper than this distraction and face our emotion, face your emotions and your problems head on. Because the phone, it's like a false sense of security. The social media is a false sense of safety. And I want you to start practicing, even if it's for 30 seconds. I remember going to a meditation seminar and there were people sitting in the front, totally addicted to their minds and their phones and to noise and to talking and to movement. And the spiritual teacher said to them, just practice presence for two seconds from now to now from from now to now that's two seconds let's do it right now let's practice two seconds of presence from now to now and then go to 10 seconds and then go to a minute if you can sit in your house for one minute and breathe and not look at any screen or any phone or any book or anything and just breathe and be at peace for one minute. That's meditation. And start with one minute per day. Do, do 30 seconds per day for a week. That's better than nothing. Just start to practice the alone time without the constant noise. It can be going on long walks with your dog like I do. It can be just sitting in a chair but start to set goals and rules around this and bring in accountability. Obviously, I'm a coach and the coaches on my team, we love to support people with this. I have a coach myself, I have a number of coaches, so accountability helps, creating a reward system helps, tracking it helps, 
coming up with your rules helps. But this is really the new drug. This is the new smoking, the new alcohol, the new cancer of our mind. And so I'm excited for you to implement these different tools and techniques and strategies so that you can get your life back. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Lastly, if you're looking to take your personal life, business, or career to the next level and you want access to me as well as my community of like-minded people, head over to courses.brendanhburns.com and join us in Mastery Academy, my membership site that comes with online course content as well as live coaching calls every two weeks hosted by me personally. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.